Uh, when I was younger, I was a member of this gang called the L.A. Boys. Lennox Ave. You know it. The leader of the group, Jughead, he told me, said that to prove my loyalty, I had to snuff somebody out. It was like bad, probably. I said, what, an enemy or what? He said, no, 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 no. That's too easy. It's got to be an ordinary monk. So I rolled down to 23rd, right? Caught me a bag of that red devil angel dust. Man, I got so zooted. I walked up on this lady. I mean, she must have been a school teacher or something. I was so fucking crazy, man. I didn't even care. I stepped to her. I didn't even stay to see the body drop. I just ran. You must think I'm a demon, huh? I guess what you was doing, I was like business, right? Wasn't personal. My brother, it's always business. Never personal. Swing coming at you. That's right. It's time for Does It Hold Up? Well, not yet, but we will. It's a Cinema 9 podcast. We're doing New Jack City today. We'll find out Does It Hold Up or Not. Travis Roy, Eric Branscham, and Michael Govier at your service. We are our own crew, our own gang in a way. We've been, uh, we haven't killed each other. Nobody killed anyone. So that's good. We're still alive. Nothing will ever come between us until tonight, (laughs) this evening, perhaps. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. New Jack City doesn't hold up or not. We got G Money with us as well, and he'll give us his opinion on things. And, of course... CinemaNinePodPro.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. Uh, Travis, how you doing today? It's Thursday, and uh, we're doing our show. So, are yeah. you ready? I am. I am ready, Freddie. I'm here to to talk about New Jack City, um, a movie that I thought that I hadn't seen, and then as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen this probably a couple times. Sometimes you need to jog the memory. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It had been a minute. It had been a minute. But I'm excited to uh, to discuss it again with you guys. And as always, excited to see Eric, my super cool co-host, G-Money, today. What's up, buddy? I'm a fraud, dude. I'm a 41-year-old white elementary school (laughs) teacher from Indiana. I need to knock it off. 
I'm doing good. Griffith <laughs> is nothing like New Jack City. So I'm just going to tell you right now, this is a huge environmental difference. So it took a lot of uh, research for me to get used to this type of urban environment in 1991. You are near Gary, though, right? Um, I actually... You actually just muted yourself, my friend. Oh, I no. That was intentional. It was like a strategic move. I'm going to mute myself mid-speech. I actually work in, now that I think about it, I actually do teach in Gary, Indiana, which is one of the most dangerous cities in the world. So, yeah, a bit of a retraction there. And Freddie the original, Gibbs is from there. Yeah, that's true. And the original, uh, new, I have no idea who that is. I'm just going along with it. And the original <laughs> New say, Jack wow. City is Detroit. The uh, the article that the screenwriter based it on is actually New Jack City is Detroit, which I don't know mm. why you would call Detroit New Jack City. Like, doesn't make sense to me, but that's uh-huh. what it was. Flapjacks? We'll, we'll discuss that. We'll talk about that. All right. Yeah. I have yeah. a lot of things to say about that, too. And oh, uh, I can't wait to talk about it. It's fun. Really? But as always, we are, I guess we're kind of, uh, what are the what are the sexual people? They want to be teased, but they don't, you know, you know oh. we're just going to tease you. So. Um, does it have but you'll never. Uh, Can you tease it with a cheeseburger? <laughs> a label? <laughs> tease with a cheeseburger? Wow. A cheeseburger. I never, a cheeseburger. Well, cheeseburger. I've never been. Uh, I gotta admit, I've you know, I've done a few things, but I've never involved a cheeseburger in anything sexual. <laughs> I can say that freely, and truly. Not there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's a anything wrong. Sandwich to, into the sack. I haven't done. I haven't done the George Strong Costanza Amron. with the. Uh... <laughs> Get the TV going. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. But uh, yeah, so we'll talk New Jack City in a little bit. We're gonna do quarantine viewing picks, of course, and we have emails. True or false? What do you guys think? <laughs> I never <laughs> think to check. You know our email addresses. I have poor oh. executive function. Uh, <laughs> that's a interesting. Yeah, executive function. I, I think we all should take like an updated executive function test and see how we're doing because I think we might all be surprised. Can I put it off uh, for a couple years first? Sure. Yeah, it'll probably get worse. Yeah, I mean, I think your score would be higher now than maybe five years from now. But that's just my opinion. Just might what take do I know? me a while to get to it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no new emails. But if you guys want to email the show, cinnamonidepotatprotonmail.com. Uh, all right, let's just get into quarantine viewing picks. Then let's do it. Travis Roy. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, uh, or as I mentioned to you off air, I guess I'm still on break. So uh, I, I watched a lot of movies. Most notably, friend of the show, Chud Pud. Aaron uh, came into town and uh, did he, he really? He, he showed did. up. Did you know this? Uh, I, I think I, we actually I, mentioned that you were going to join us to see the unbearable weight of, weight of massive talent. Uh, regrettably, didn't make it. For what it's worth, I was supposed to hang out with him later that weekend, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll get back to you," and he never did. So, it's oh, a really? circle of life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, makes me feel a little bit better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> good communicators in our crew but he uh i am wearing the t-shirt that he gave to me for the uh event he had a t-shirt for you probably but you weren't there to get get it i get it says nicholas cage and it's some other guy's face um it's not john travolta's face it's this dude i don't know who this man is i think he's from impractical jokers which is oh yeah is a YouTube he loves yeah. him Saul. him Saul. and his son yeah they're huge they've watched the shit out of that show when i used to live with them all the time it's on like true tv yeah. oh yeah okay i True, okay. true TV. So yeah, but anyway, it's a, you know, so it was, it was a, a nice gift. So we watched uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and obviously, like we were all pretty biased, but I laughed my ass off through the whole thing. Wow. I mean, just laughed, laughed, and really? laughed, laughed my fucking ass off through the whole movie. I really enjoyed it. I mean, everybody else enjoyed it as well. Like it was, we were all into it. It was good. Wow, shit. Um, I mean, I, I generally did. I do have interest in seeing that film so i mean that's i'm glad that you had a good time doing 
what you did there by watching it with some friends and getting to laugh out loud. That's a, that's a good feeling. That's nice. Mm-hmm. It was nice. It was in a movie theater laughing out loud with my friends. First first showing of the day on Friday and the day it came out. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Where'd you see it? Uh, AMC star, you know, ratty seats. The fucking thing shakes as you press <laughs> the button to make the legs go up. So it's really ratty. But it, I was bummed that it it opened in like fourth or fifth place. So I was really uh, rooting for for that because it's so mm. different. Yeah, you know, um, we need we need to see movies in theaters that have original stories. I think yeah. you know we need to make right. a special effort to do that. Um, some of us, you know, those not all of us do, but those of us that are concerned about this kind of thing should make an effort. So I, I loved it. I did love it. Obviously, heavily biased, but if you have, <laughs> I don't think you have to be a super like Nick Cage a freak like I am to enjoy it. I think if you if you like the man's work, you're gonna enjoy the movie. Um, and with Aaron in town, we you know we threw on some other stuff. We watched Creep Show two together, which I'd seen that many times. We started Deep Red though, which I'd never seen. Deep Red, um, I think it's actually the first Argento movie I watched. It, you know, it felt like film school a little bit. I mean, like 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 classic school for me. Not like the movie was a film school, but like um, like, like I'm in school learning about classics. I watched Rashomon this week. Ah, uh, uh, watched Rashomon this week also. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Like, I got to get these classics under the belt. I really like the music on Deep Red. Go go Goblin. That was a, that was, they had a really great score. Um, Mike, you might be intrigued to watch a movie called The Longest Week that has Jason Bateman and uh, I think it was Olivia Wilde and Billy Crudup, since you're such a big Crudup fan. Have you, have you yeah, seen this movie? I, uh, I mentioned it uh a few months ago in one of our quarantine viewing pick sections. Yep. What'd you say about it? I don't recall. I think I remember saying I, I was somewhat into it, but it was a little goofy. I don't know. It wasn't amazing by any means, but I was somewhat curious. It was a little dry, a little bland at times. I, I mean, I thought I found it extremely derivative of Woody Allen oh, sure. and Wes Anderson stuff and just like boring as fuck. Like didn't like any of the characters. I'm like, I, I would have steered you clear of it. I would have said, that was my plan. I was like, don't waste your time. Despite having Billy Crudup in it, you're, it's not a good movie. It really just wasn't. Um, it wasn't. No. And then I and then I I chugged my way through Cosmopolis as I continue my education in Cronenberg uh, films, <laughs> okay. uh, who apparently is making pictures of his um, gallstones or his kidney stones yeah. as NFTs, and perhaps he's going to sell the the kidney stones themselves. Which talk about body horror. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't understand that move, but okay. But yeah, Cosmopolis don't another one like, uh, have you, have you seen it, Eric? You, you said you wanted to see it, right? I never got around to it. Ah, oh, dude. So bad. Oh shit. I mean, Don, Don DeLillo's, uh, right. dialogue does not like compute in real life. Like it doesn't like mm. people just don't talk that way. You know, it's just so <laughs> fucking, I don't know. The movie was <laughs> brutal. I did wow. not care for it. Uh, never seen Revolutionary Road. I, I kind of had an idea of what to expect there, and I was right. What a bummer. <laughs> Sat <Yeah>. through that. <laughs> <laughs> nice mm-hmm. night at the movies. Pay all that money for the babysitter, dinner, popcorn. <laughs> Sit through that. Uh, well, I'm going to go hang myself now. <laughs> just fucking, that's just incredibly depressing. Yeah. Depressing movie, which I should have just stayed away from it. We talked about, about Boiler Room last week. Uh, and Ben Younger, so and we were amazed that this movie Prime existed that we none of us had heard of, with Meryl Streep in it and uh, Uma Thurman. So I got through a half hour of that before I turned it off. Man, it was not good. Just just wasn't good. Just 
Right. It was basically it was it was the same character from Boiler Room, like like the you know the Giovanni Ribisi character. Only now he's like plugged into a different situation. It's like oh, you're just writing about yourself. And I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, the death of Dick Long, one of the Daniels from Swiss Army Man, which I hated, and oh. everything everywhere all the time, which I loved. One of he he went off and did this movie called The Death of Dick Long on it uh for a24 and oh man what a pitch black comedy like uh it was so weird i don't know how i feel about it i just finished it right before we started i'll tell you what i had stayed away from only lovers left alive for a while because kind of like revolutionary road i kind of thought i had a good idea what it was going to be like and especially after i watched which it came out after but after i saw um the dead you know dead don't die which i fucking hated I'm like, I, you know, Jim Jarmusch, I think I can kind of stay away from you for a little while. But Only Lovers Left Alive was great. It was it was really good. Um, it was probably one of his best films, I would say. It was strong. Wow. And Tom Hiddleston learning the violin just for this movie. <laughs> Kudos, sir. <laughs> um, OK, I'll, I'll wrap this up here. You know, uh, Eric, didn't you say that you meant didn't you mention you watched a black hole? A little while ago, was that you that said that? <laughs> no, no. Okay, don't don't bother. From 1979, <laughs> uh, I thought I'd give it another shot. I grew up with it, but man, it wasn't worth revisiting. No, not, not even nostalgia could save that. Fuck. I would say that other than um, the unbearable weight of massive talent, my big recommendation for this week is a movie called Innocent Family, which I kind of went in with pretty low expectations with Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne. And it's about a uh, it's based on the writer director, the guy that did both Daddy's Home movies, which for the record, I'm a big fan of both Daddy's Home movies. So, like, go with me on this. Bold. But uh, <laughs> the writer director, he, he, he actually like adopted uh, fostered then adopted like three siblings. And this is basically his story. And it was really a beautiful little movie I, I i laughed i cried like 10 minutes in i was like oh shit can i adopt kids as a single stoner that's broke i don't know can i do that um <laughs> it was good man i really i actually really liked instant family i would i'd recommend it so those are the movies i watched this week your turn sir eric i'm not gonna lie i i i, I watched the batman on hbo max and then i watched johnny depp's <laughs> trial non-stop figured <laughs> every day all eight hours every single day so i'm all caught up on that but i did watch the batman again and <laughs> i did have those butterflies in the stomach i'm like this is the small screen and uh maybe it was the hype is it like how does this hold up just one <laughs> 45 days after i first saw it in theaters <laughs> uh amazing amazing yeah. one thing i noticed was the sound mix is god awful i had to like keep the remote by me because it like everyone talks like this for no goddamn reason when they're standing right next to each other in the middle of nowhere and then it gets really loud and the the, the sound so your jeffrey wright impression pretty much yeah and you know i mean the sequel's on the way and i'm fucking so excited they they announced it yeah um mm -hmm. i do really wish they do more with uh gordon because they're really when you when you think about it we had a great performance and a really cool character that does his job great it wasn't that complex of a character. They could have done more there. That's one of my only complaints about the Batman. Mm -hmm. That, like the whole El Rada, that I was like, well, whatever. This is kind of dumb. Like, and Paul Dano was cringing a few times. Yeah. But other than that, I, I was. I, uh oh. I, I hope to more, more Alfred personally. I, I want to. I want to get like a lot to more, see more of that. Alfred. But like for me, that second time just sealed it, man. Like 
I grew yeah. up with Michael Keaton. Batman 89 is my all-time favorite movie. Um but god damn it, like I Pattinson's Batman like might be it for me. It's it's just wow. It it it's dead on. It's it's dead. I mean, he just is Batman the entire time. Like and when he is Bruce Wayne in these very small moments, like there's no fucking dumb like cracks or jokes winks at the camera like christian bale i hate to compare but like you don't need to do that to make bruce wayne interesting you don't have to have like this uh playboy like like where did that that where does that even come from in the comics it's not really ever really there usually in the in the comics he's just always like the the bruce that we know is the, the brooding batman figure he doesn't put on the show I, I i just love what he does with it like you could like the the moroseness just seethes off of him constantly and he feels like he feels like a real character to me that that I care about and not just like uh, a, a superhero. So that's the best thing I can say about it is finally we have a Batman movie that's actually about Batman and he's not lost in, in, in the, the mix of these villains or this uh, mm. razzmatazz. Why uh, the cringiness with Dano? You think he's overacting? There's uh, some overacting there. It's a bit much for me. I mean... I love the character. I like I at first when I first saw it in theaters I was like we're doing we're just going to have him be Zodiac with like some some followers. But no, I I I I do like the character a lot more on this second viewing, but I, I, what can I say? I was cringing a little bit. And I do want a, a Blu-ray with the Joker scene integrated in because I fucking always watch that scene all the time and I think it deserves to be in the picture now that I, that I look at it. Why not? But I loved it. I I love the Batman. Well, I I mean I haven't seen that scene yet, but I I I don't know, and I know we've discussed this off Ooh. off the show, you and I, but I, I'm glad it's not in the movie. Um, I, I I like the idea of not having Joker and Batman interact until they are truly, you know, in opposition to each other. I, I didn't want to be teased yet. <laughs> but dude, other than that, I, I, I want to see some more movies, but I can't peel myself away. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity to get an inside look at this relationship. It's incredible. The, the okay. Depp and her thing. As soon as this is over, we got uh, like his agent. Why do you want to watch that wait. shit, man? Why do you want to watch that shit? Like I, don't know. I know. Like it's just like a. a you fun, admit freely, it. it's like a a morbid, fucking fucked up fascination. Car crash. Yeah, it's a, it's a train wreck, and you, it's a rare glimpse. And I'm not just talking about a TMZ uh, soundbite glimpse at like the inner workings of celebrity. And uh, it, the thing I take away from it is like. These people, they have so much money and so much fame, but they got the same problems I do, and and they deal with them in much more toxic ways. But they just seem more um, accessible. And and I'm you know I'm not obsessed with celebrity or anything, but like I am obsessed uh, obsessed with like Hollywood culture and, and and actors. So to to pull the curtain back and have that accessibility into the psychosis. Uh, is interesting to me. I can't help it. Plus, the whole procedural thing and, and it, uh, the court is is interesting to me. Like I sat there like while the camera was just on the clock and waited for their lunch break to end after like an hour, <laughs> and I didn't even bother fast forwarding. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what they're eating for lunch. What? Wait, you just sat there and watched? <laughs> I just sat empty... there and watched the clock and and thought to myself, I wonder where they ate. And you could have fast forwarded and chose yeah, not to. I just sat there uh, and waited. I don't know if are you being dead serious right now? Yeah. Is, it, is. is your screen really bright, and that's why you need sunglasses right now? Or are you doing like a nice? I'm tea doing thing? Nino Nino Brown. It's oh, a tribute. Okay. okay. Well, you look well like Ice. Yeah, you look like Ice T's character. Not. Nino I need Brown. a Kangol. Oh. With a, 
Yeah. I want to kill you so bad my dick is hard. Whoa. <laughs> what a Spoiler fucking alert. line. Come on. Yeah, that's a great line. Uh, great dubbing on that, too. Really good dubbing. Uh, the ADR on that. It's elite. Uh, okay. Uh, so, for me... Uh, so Tubi, I don't use Tubi really. You guys oh, always yeah. talk about. Or I feel we like you talk Tubi. about Tubi fairly regularly. I think Eric you know what? is uh, employed by Tubi. Like, uh, Thousands of yeah, excellent cause... movies, free <laughs> <laughs> with commercials. They do have a, a healthy offering, and yeah. so of course I watched New Jack City on Tubi. As but then are. there was a lot of other recommendations, and uh, I just couldn't. I don't. Th- I stayed up all night Monday night. I tried to go to bed really early to get up early Tuesday, but it had the opposite effect. Where I just I never went to bed. Next thing you know, <laughs> it's eight in the morning, and I'm like, shit, how did this happen? But of course, it was nonstop movies during that event. So I watched Above the Rim, 1994 movie, also written by yeah. the writer of New Jack City. And uh, starring well, Tupac's in it and uh, Leon. So what's with Leon, guys? Leon, Can you guys cool talk runnings. about Leon? Cool who's, runnings, like, man. Just great. Leon? Is that, who's Leon? Yeah, it's seriously. The t- it says Leon. the credits are opening credits. Leon. I'm like, what? Leon. I'm not familiar. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need He's a last in Cool name, Runnings. Is what I'm saying. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Leon. Cool runnings. Leon. Leon. What do you know about Leon, Eric? Anything? Cool Runnings. <laughs> That's all you got. All right, yeah, all right. Leon. I'll figure it out. Well, he's a stoic presence in this film in Above the Rim. I will tell you that. It's uh, it's borderline, like, super cheesy as hell. Uh, actually, a lot of similarities with the movie we're going to talk about, New Jack City, actually. Not a, probably not a coincidence because it has the same writer. Different director. But actually, it has the same director. Shit, I got to double check this because I think there's a lot of similarities between the production crew on New Jack City and Above the Rim. But I'd actually never watched Above the Rim. So it was a interesting film to watch. It was definitely a time and a place. 1994, kid trying to make it as a basketball player, but he's got a lot of there's a lot of shit going on in the streets, and you know, and Bernie Max in this, he plays a homeless guy. It's actually really sad. Like it's it's kind of awful what happens to him in this movie. So uh, it this movie's brutal, but then it's like what dumb as fuck, and then it's also poignant. It's weird. It's it's all over the place. But, Is this uh, the Kevin Bacon basketball picture? No. No, no, no. That's a... What was that one? Was Air that Bud? One Kevin Bacon <laughs> basketball. What was that? Air... Air Bud? Not Air Bud. The Air up there. Air up there. <laughs> oh, the Air, air up there. Oh, my yeah, God. The air no. up there. This air is bud. above the rim. This is much more <laughs> hardcore... Uh, you know, like, I was thinking about the fact that this movie exists. I'm sorry. Hang yeah. on. Airbud. Fucking air I forgot up there. I forgot about that. Airbud with Kevin, about that too. Kevin Bacon. The air <laughs> up Gold there. Retriever. You have Kevin Bacon. Yep. So there is a dog in that movie. The air up there, right? Yeah. I think. Well, no. I Kevin Bacon's the dog. Oh. Oh, Kevin Bacon's the dog. Okay. Right. He goes to. Oh. You know, he goes. He's a coach Africa. or something. He goes to Africa to dog teach a coach. bunch of like really tall African dudes how to play basketball. Oh, I guess. cool runnings. <laughs> Leon in it? We're running. Uh, no, uh, it is directed by Paul Michael Glazer. So there you go. Well, I don't know who the That's, fuck that is, but. Oh, he's uh, from Starsky and Hutch, I think. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. This is all stupid. So, anyways, we're, he, no, was, he was Starsky. He might have been Starsky. I can't remember. So I watched the uh, Above the Rim. I'd recommend that. And then uh, I threw on. 
And I only seen this movie once before, uh, the curious case of Benjamin Button. Oh. So for me, it was almost like seeing it again because I only saw it once. But I had a couple ideas like uh, it was like like somewhere in the deep south and like he's all fucked up and that was all I really had. So a lot of it was, <laughs> Okay. But of, you know, once the movie got going. <laughs> he's all fucked up backwards in the deep south. Yeah. Yeah, forget what you know about the F. Scott Fitzgerald short story, dude. I got a whole new idea. Um, it's a long movie, and it is, and I know this is after the fact. I looked it up. A lot of Forrest Gump comparisons. Because <laughs> they're like trying to, you know, historical things are happening and a ton of dates over decades. Um, he's like a curious guy because he's curious Benjamin Button. So it is curious. Kate Blanchett is uh, good in this movie. And, you know, Brad Pitt does a fine... What do you think of Brad Pitt's... Uh, his accent in this movie? Does that stand out to anybody in any way? <laughs> I haven't seen it since, since theaters. There you uh, go. I, I mean, it, all, all I remember about this movie is is Brad Pitt's, like, superimposed <laughs> old head on, like, a little kid. <laughs> He's, like, yep. around. That's all I remember, man. It's fucking That's laughable. It, you know what's crazy about that is it's real makeup. He sat in five hours of makeup, oh, but then no. yeah, the superimposed real makeup head on because he's not a child, so they <laughs> very strange. Oh, and it was supposed to be advanced Ooh. for his time, and you watch it now, and you're like, eh, I mean, I mean, he got nominated for all kinds of shit, but it just seems fucking hilarious to me now. I'm it's... literally, I'm literally laughing tears at the idea. Of <laughs> <laughs> Giant head. <laughs> Yeah, it is pretty funny. It's uh, not as funny as this actually, but it, now that you put it like that, I it is funny. But uh, it's an all right movie. I don't know if you want to watch it again, please do. Uh, I watched uh, Dead Presidents again too because that was oh. also recommended. So it's fun. Yeah, to that watch came that. up after New. Did it come up after New Jack City? Like automatically? Yeah, that's what, that's what exactly. Tried to, I was like, I was tempted. I was like, but it was like, eh, I'm got other things going on. But I was tempted. I don't even. You know, it's funny. I start to think about. What have I said? Like, because we did that movie. Like, yeah. what did I say? I can't remember anything that I said about that movie now. And I'm hoping that it held up because it should. But I don't even remember now. And I'm really starting to question. If only it was like, recorded somewhere, you can go and listen to it. I know. Damn it. I can't even remember what episode number it is. All I know is that we've done a lot of movies now. This is episode 107. And that's 107 movies. That's a lot of thoughts and random comments. And some of them. You're proud of others. You're like, boy, what the hell did I say? I believe yeah. we wanted was more Bokeem Woodbine. That's yeah, that's for sure. Sure, he was, he was, he was always he's great, and so is Chris Tucker, and uh, you know, Lorenz Tate really showed. I always thought Lorenz Tate would be a bigger star um, after that movie. At least I thought that when I was younger, and it didn't really turn out that way. So, oh well, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm sure I watched a couple of dumb movies. I just can't remember them. So. That's that's all for now. That, that'll do, pig. That'll do. That'll do, pig. All right. Uh, Cinnamon iPod, five stars on Apple Podcasts and five stars on Spotify. It's a lot of fun. You'll have a good time. And, you know, it helps <laughs> the show grow and all that jazz. I actually don't know how much of a good time you will have, but, you know, we'd appreciate it. So just yeah, take a moment. Five it's, stars. That's all we're asking. Take a moment. It won't be five. fun. Remember, the, remember that song? Five dollar foot long. Five dollar foot long. Man, that Why was out of control. Sure. Why are you doing this to us? 
I know. It's awful. These advertisements are, <laughs> they burn them into your fucking brains. It's brutal. You, you in particular, like, there, there's just certain <laughs> things that come up and you're like, all of a Food sudden, jingles. oh, someone said yeah. I'm loving it. I have to sing McDonald's yeah. now. Yeah. It's like, oh, thanks, McDonald's, for just stealing that phrase from America. Advertisements have really gotten in my head. It sucks. Yeah. Singing your it sucks. jingles for us. Also, I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a song, Mike. It was. <laughs> it was like it was like, it was like snapping your fingers, like yeah, five. You know, five dollar, five dollar. I mean, yeah, stomp. Yeah. more. It was a jingle, man. It was a fucking jingle. So. It's like a musical sting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like jackass with the fucking cattle prod. All right, so let's get into our main event. It's time to find out. As we go back to 1991, close your eyes. Imagine yourselves in 1991. Yes. Bush is finishing up his first term. He's going to run for re-election. He's going to win again. At, no, he's not. And uh, no new taxes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the Gulf War. Light. Yeah, <laughs> thousand points of light. Man, man, let's stick with you. Roster man, I'm here to tell you Nino Brown says your services are no longer needed in the community. Oh, the bomb Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that's how you kill somebody, my brothers. You get right up on the motherfucker and bam! Throw his brains all over the sidewalk in broad daylight. <laughs> Rock the block, baby. So 1991's New Jack City, directed by the first major feature directorial debut for Mario Van Peebles, whose father was a director. Uh, yeah, and Melvin. Melvin Van Peoples. It was a big deal. And this stars Wesley Snipes, uh, Alan Payne, uh, Chris Rock. We'll talk about that. Pookie. <laughs> Judd Nelson. Judd That's Nelson. Right. What, what Judd the fuck are you doing Ice in this movie? Yeah. Oh, really? Did you see the Did you see the other guys that were uh, up for this role? Did you click on that? Because it's fucking no, I funny. I didn't see. <laughs> I didn't there were like some... Johnny Depp, but I can, yeah. like, uh, this, this is no role. This is just to make sure there's at least one white guy in it. For white he wanted too much money. Yeah. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, that was the thing with Depp. Apparently, like, oh, we can't afford him because they were trying to keep the budget. So apparently, the story on this real quick is that Clint Eastwood had worked with Mario Van Peebles, and he really liked him. And he met him and got to know him. And when Mario Van Peebles wanted to get this movie made, Eastwood vouched for him, allowing because this is a Warner Brothers movie distributed by Warner Brothers, which oh, yeah. is. Kind of surprised me when I saw the WB roll up. I was like, oh, wow, this is, I don't know, because there's just like Warner Brothers is always a, at least in my view these days, it's a big movie, you know, and I just didn't know. This is more of a technical independent feature, I guess, in terms of how it was funded, right. which is interesting. So, uh, but anyways, Travis, you said you saw this movie before, but do you recall, you didn't really recall after watching it? Did you find it? I mean, it came out in 91, right? So, I mean, I was, 11 or 12 maybe 13 when i saw it i think i only saw it once maybe twice and just hadn't really thought about it nor you know and then as i was watching it scenes kept on coming up and i'd be like oh yeah okay you know just one of those so <laughs> so i've seen it i can't say i had nostalgia for it oh okay what about you eric you know goddamn well i didn't see this movie in 1991 <laughs> uh it was rated r i was very sheltered <laughs> Uh, I've seen this poster my entire life, Wesley Snipes with the sunglasses. I'd never seen the picture until uh, uh, earlier today. So I've got a lot to talk about, man. Uh, I mean, you talk about Warner Brothers. I mean, this is a studio that like historically has been in the gangster film business going <laughs> way back to like Little Caesar in, in White Heat and especially with like... Uh, uh, 
um, Goodfellas just the previous year or so. They they were signing up quite often in the in the gangster uh, business. So you know offhand if uh, the Public Enemy was one of those was was Warner Brothers because I really felt like the end of this movie just was it was like Tom Powers is a you know it's a real life man he's not a real person but he's a symptom of society um, and that's basically the same thing they did with Nino Brown don't do any of this <laughs> were you titillated well don't do it it was it was distributed by Warner Brothers Travis right, you're right, right oh, for sure right. yeah but yeah it was the highest wow. uh, grossing independent feature of '91 man so you got to support the independent yeah I wasn't sure I mean I liked this movie as a kid but. I had the vibe that it was possibly a flop, a box office flop, but it was. I don't think it was. So it did all right. No, it did million budget forty. I think it took in about fifty million dollars. So wow, yeah, that's hit. big. Yeah, five times the money. That's great. Um, I remember watching this for the first time at home on HBO when it came out on HBO. So like around ninety two ish, or maybe hell, this might have been ninety three by then. But I watched it every day. It was on, and I watched it over and over and over again. <laughs> and I saw. Chris Rock sucking on that glass dick a lot. So oh, at a shit. <laughs> hand shaking. Yeah, Chris Rock. Look at you, Dang. man. You know, up until that point, the only thing I knew Chris Rock for was Nat X, the uh, <laughs> SNL skit he used to do. Nat X. Yeah. Nat X skit on SNL was always it was I it was the first time I ever saw Chris Rock and I was like hilarious. ten years old. I was like this Wait, was, was hilarious. Was he before before or after this? <laughs> it was after. 94. Oh, so, so he he works with Ice T and then goes and makes CB4 afterwards. That's interesting. Yeah, he works with Alan Payne on this picture and takes Alan Payne on CB4 too. So Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that was in 94 and there was also some uh, parodies of this movie in CB4 if you've right. seen CB4. Oh, yeah. Remember like 91? This is like when I was wearing like cross colors and like listening to fucking like Color Me Bad and like Rex and Effects on Ironically. Ooh. Like got your, got your triple fat goose coat on with your Absolutely, dude. Like uh <laughs> like remember this scene? I think that was right in there, like ninety one, ninety two, and like for a while it was like you look back at it now and it's like a bunch of fucking white kids in Heartland wearing <laughs> like uh Carl Candy jeans and shit. It was like classic ap- appropriation, but like um I, I wonder if you guys remember like that that whole deal because it was out of control. Sure. Yeah, I think I was in that realm, but I didn't. I never dressed a part of anything, so I didn't dress like that. I just, I just had shit clothes. We always had shit clothes. That's how it was. It was enough. <laughs> you know, is there pants? Is there a shirt? Am I alive? Okay, great. Uh, I didn't know much about fashion. Is there slogans shaved into the back of my head or not? I don't know. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, there better be. There better be. In fact, when uh, yeah, so when I first met Travis, I was huge into this stuff. Like I was big when Dre and Snoop came out with the. G funk and all that West Coast rap, were, and it was yeah. blown up on MTV. And, and I used that's what I used to do every day to Travis. I would annoy the hell out of him by singing. <laughs> I would sing that that true the Dr. Dre's, you know, ain't nothing I, but a G thing. I, I would really just do that nonstop. So I get all angry and be like, oh no, you need to listen <laughs> we were doing to it. whatever the fuck I was listening to at eleven. I think I was listening to like The Cure or something. It was uh, Mr. Reiney's class. I we do it in Mr. Reiney's class in seventh grade yeah. in 1992, 93. <laughs> And you sat with Bernard Menke, and then I'd piss you off so much, and Bernard would like get up and beat the hell out of me, and I would ask for it because I was just an antagonist. So like that was a, I did. That was Bernard yeah, especially. I was a Bernard middle buttons. schooler. If you're not pushing buttons as a middle schooler, I don't, you're doing something wrong, frankly. Bernard's buttons. That's why I don't teach <laughs> Bernard's buttons. <laughs> Mr. Button, uh, you know the 
That was button. Benjamin Button's button. father. Was his name Bernard? Button. Uh, <laughs> the hardest button to button. Right, right, so. As many button references as we can in like 30 seconds. Red button, we can. go. Jeez, Luke, yeah, Luke's into it. it. Luke loves it. So he says, yam. I don't know what that means. Oh. Anyways. Yam to uh, you, sir. Yeah, good yam to you, Luke. Uh, what is the score on this one? Anybody want to take a guess? I'm going to take a guess. This is a tougher one. Now, I think we've been in this round for a while, like Travis says. We've been in the 7.0 to 7.2. I think we're going to fall under that this time. Yeah, but this is one of those movies that people probably have a lot of nostalgic love for. Um, I'm going to guess 6.8. 6.8. That sounds right. I don't think we're quite at 7, so I'll drop a, I'll drop it down to 6.7. I think uh, time has kind of gotten away from this one a little bit. Time! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, 6.8 sounds right. That sounds good to me. It, All right. It, yeah, I feel like it's enjoyed. 6.6. 6. Ooh, wow. Wow, okay. okay. All right. A little under. A little under. I think yeah. that's the lowest we've had in, in, in a minute since... I would... I don't know what, but since it's been a minute. What do you think there were... Why would that be? Uh, got some theories. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Look at this. Wait. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, 77% from the critics, so way above that. And then 80% from the audience. So there's a big disparity here between. Yeah. It got well received. When it came out, Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars out of four. Holy shit. Okay. Ebes loved it. Did he now? <laughs> yeah. That's 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 not surprising because it's a movie very much of its time. Here is Roger Ebert. The movie was advertised, no doubt wisely, as a slam-bang action adventure. But in fact, it's a serious, smart film with an impact that lingers after the lights go up. Yeah. That tracks. What do you think about that? Uh, oh, shit! Destin Thompson! Oh, wow. It's been a minute. I mean, wow. he did it, at, he did it after middle the middle school journal. <laughs> yeah. This is... He clearly did it after 91. Okay. This looks like it was about nine years later. But it's Destin Thompson. We haven't heard from him in a while. And this is... And I'm so glad it. he's chiming in on New Jack City. This makes me happy. Of course, this is a short one. So of course. It's Destin. Ready. Absolutely. Mario Van Peebles Drugland feature, a relentless hold-on-to-your-hat experience, rarely lets up. <laughs> okay. I'm not really saying if the movie's good or bad, though. Well, I... His his comment on the momentum of the picture, I think, is spot on because it is very entertaining and it moves at a, a good pace, clips along. So I'll give him that. Okay. Well, it sounds like you'll have more to say on that. And let's try, let's see, a, a bad review. There's not really a lot of reviews on this mm. movie, oddly enough. Maybe because it's older. I don't know. There's older movies that have had mm. a lot of reviews, though. Here we go. Let's try Robert Roten from Laramie <laughs> Movie Scope. Oh, yeah. Old Laramie. <laughs> Yeah, I love. Yeah, is that Laramie, Laramie, Wyoming? Yeah, I can only assume. <laughs> okay, Robert Roten. So One gets the Laramie. feeling that a lot of the meaning of this film ended up on the cutting room floor. Okay, I don't know that I got that feeling, but okay, he did. <laughs> I think the meaning is clearly expressed in this film. This is about what black people are oppressed by a system that doesn't give a fuck about them, a government that has ignored them, a crack epidemic explodes that even the drug dealers themselves talk about in the film, like, people are poor, people are desperate, they're fucked, and they're gonna need drugs more than ever because shit is so bad. And, you know, Uncle Sam doesn't give a fuck, and on and on and on. So are you, it's actually are you referencing, 
Sorry, you're referencing like the big speech at the end of the film that. Oh Neil no, Neil I'm actually did. referencing one of the early speeches when he first when he first is receiving the crack rock. So Nino Brown gets yeah. the crack vial for the first time oh, from his car. partner G Money. Yeah. yeah, and they have that first meeting at the club where, by the way, Flava Flav is the <laughs> <Yeah>. DJ. <laughs> yeah. This was a time yeah. when Hard that was like. Yeah, you're not supposed to laugh at that at that time, actually. You're supposed to be like, oh, shit, it's Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. That's a really good rap group. He's a serious musician that I should take seriously. Yeah. Serious. This, that, yeah, serious movie. Yeah. No, he's not a guy who's just opening restaurants and, like, doing weird shit with uh, whatever the fucker name was. Bridget, I, don't know. I mean, Ice-T yeah, is, like, hosting fucking game shows or whatever the fuck he's doing. Like, oh, clip shows, whatever now. Yeah. Like, and he's like, named that fast food restaurant game shows on, like, find this TV guy television. I find it fascinating that he plays a cop in the same year that he recorded Cop Killer with Body Cop. Yeah. What the fuck? That's why he was afraid to take this role because he thought it would hurt his uh, street cred if it sucked <laughs> and because he's playing a cop. But okay. it worked out for him, I guess, which is I, I guess strange because he was so like true to the streets as a, a true street cop. Like he plays. Yeah, you, know, you got the old setup here. The, the two cops that play by their own rules. Right. You got Judd Nelson the and Ice Cannon. Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> they got the mayor crawling all over him. Got the, got the governor crawling all over my ass. Got the mayor yep. crawling all over yeah. me. Oh, my God. Damn. It's so fun. Fucking difficult, Mario. Come on. Like, yeah. Mario Van Peebles yeah. looks like a, a smart guy who really knows. I mean, who knows, to, who knows how to write himself into unnecessarily into his own movie? <laughs> yeah, and his fucking name is Stone. All right, Stone. Stone. Yeah, you got the hard ass chief who's like, all right, Stone, yep. I can't. I don't know if I can do this. And yep. it's just been played out and parodied so much by 2022 <sighs> that you just you can't ignore it. <laughs> I think we can point the finger at a lot of these cliches for that 6.6 .6 score. I mean, even in terms of uh, granted, this is one of the 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 first kind of like uh, urban black, whatever you want to call it, like crime pictures after a slew of like Italian gas gangster films, especially Scarface. Like it comes to the scene with all of the same type of stuff, like the uh, Pride Before the Fall stuff, the yeah. the big ball in and all that stuff. Well, the Scarface like, is in the movie. He's and Wesley Snipes is imitating Al Pacino in the... So are they being the self-referential and making fun of themselves, right? Just watching one part of the movie over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But you know what's funny is that we've done movies on our show here, like we did Dead Presidents, we did Clockers. We, we've done are all stuff after. like this. Right, but you know what movie this makes me think of? This made me think of the Annihilators. I, I kid you not. It made me think of the Annihilators because it's a straight up exploitation movie. Like oh, it's fuck. it's a fucking exploitation movie, as far as I can tell. It's like like uh, over the top kind of glamorized violence, uh, <laughs> melodramatic, yeah. uh, low budget kind of. And, and the thing I mean, about it's a it is, exploitation movie. You're totally right. And the thing about it is, it's kind of the the last like uh like black exploitation if you will film that that was able to get away with it before uh because after that we're getting fucking undercover brother and black dynamite and movies that are just making fun of this uh uh type of stuff including like impoverished disenfranchise like crackheads well and we stuff. also get movies that handle it well like menace to society i was just gonna say two years later menace to society was out and you gotta you right. got to strongly believe this movie had a lot to do with that movie getting the go ahead. Yeah, and and I think it also like okay, now we can it doesn't have to be exploitive, it doesn't have to be like an action film. We can actually do dramatic stuff here. What what's the other one? Um Boys Oh, in the Boys of the Hood came out this year. Good. Yeah. That's a good point year. too. Boys so the both came these out. came out that year. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. 
I guess that's the challenge here. Like, so we should make this clear. Barry Michael Cooper, the writer, worked at the Village Voice, mm-hmm. and he followed around. So this is where the real life shit comes into play. Where maybe you could have really just made this a raw, real life story. It didn't have to be a black exploitation yeah. film at all because it's based on the Chambers brothers, who were mega crack dealers in Detroit, and it, right. now they've been. There's been documentaries made about them now, but at the time, it was. I mean, they weren't really well known until the Chambers brothers were arrested in like 1988, where these videos of them <laughs> with tons of money and all over the house and shit, and they they kind of screwed themselves. But it's a true story about guys who came from nothing in Arkansas. They were very poor people from the Delta in Arkansas, and they made it all the way up here to Detroit, and they couldn't get jobs, they couldn't get things they wanted, so they made something for themselves, and they truly did. Take over an apartment building like the oh Carter's taken over in this movie. That really, really? happened. Oh, wow. For real. It's called the – I went and checked it out on Google Maps. It's the, called the Broadmoor, and it was over on uh, uh, West Grand and some other street over in Detroit. It really happened. No shit. So, Can you imagine being, like, stuck in that living situation? That would be a nightmare. That Dude, that shit really happened. I read so many, like, deep research pieces about this after I watched the movie because I wasn't as familiar with the Chambers Brothers stuff in it. Yeah. And I was actually, like, more riveted – like this is real, so I, I was this really happened in a way. So there's <laughs> everything that happens to these guys, the rise and the fall, it's all true. So we do make fun of it, but it also happens in real life. I'm just saying. So it's I don't know why they in this it. movie we have the Cash Money Brothers. <laughs> like, right. Come on, what is what is this name? Yeah. Well, they were the Chambers <laughs> Brothers, CMB Chambers. I guess they they, they weren't really like, taking as big as, leaps here. As soon here. as this starts, like I'm like I am kind of chuckling. I'm like. Yes, we have a fucking awesome opening scene and a Ooh, fucking incredible helicopter incredible. shot. I rewound it like three times. I'm like, is this this can't be a digital effect? This is 1991. How the right. fuck did they time this? And not just uh, that, fantastic. you got like it's 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 the stunning imagery as you say of like the helicopter zooming on the bridge, and then you've got like these two rich or this this these two black dudes like hanging this rich looking white guy by his ankles ready to drop his ass like this is yep. a lot of really stunning imagery right yeah. to kick off your movie and that's bold right? it looks yeah. great it looks in awesome. in the chase that follows like yeah. one of my few no uh, early notes is you're telling me this is fucking Mario Van Peebles first uh feature film for a studio these shots are uh, granted he uses way too many dutch angles right but these shots are oh fucking God. incredible I made a note that another Dutch angle. My God, dude! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then once gr- they get into like the uh, the seediness and like the drug use, I'm think I'm getting like Shredder and the Foot Clan flashbacks from the original It's like basic cliche like seediness going. There's on. also a shitload of exhibition. Uh, it is a great shot, but the whole way leading up in the opening credits is just undertones of reporters saying, "Oh, they murdered last." Yeah, you know, it's like all oh, this. Yeah. Sh- yeah. It's like, dude, oh, yeah. really? Like, I think we get it. Like, you you would, you could have cut out all that exposition from the news reporters under the shots in the opening credits. Yeah. We would have seen how hardcore shit was by the opening scene, as you already stated, Travis. It speaks yeah. for itself. It's very powerful. How many versions of living in the city or living for the city do we get here? I think three. three? I think we get three. <laughs> how many really good acapella groups are hanging out by these burn barrels in New Jersey? That, city? Quite a few. Okay. Again, this is the first of those. This also became a cliche after the fact. Like, <laughs> yeah. I swear, there's other movies where I've seen this. Like, guys around a fire singing so beautiful, but they're homeless. Like, and uh, he got game and shit. So, I don't know. Maybe that's a callback to this movie. but Or maybe it's a thing that happens more than we would have guessed. Shit. You know, just I, du- dudes without radios trying to keep themselves entertained because and they're yeah. poor and broke and trying to stay warm. I mean, it makes well, sense. Well, there's also the whole, there are musical, like, 
it seems like it's it's trying to set the tone of a, a culture and a, and a world that they're in because there's that whole part at the club where they they like do a whole song that group up there stuck sings a whole i'm like oh is this could be like a quick clip no they like sing like a whole song on stage in the club that night i'm like why is <laughs> i did i admit i'm like okay i'm just all right you're still singing you're still singing okay great so um was this chris rock's like big like a dramatic uh his big dramatic moment because it just didn't take off because like he did this and then he didn't do anything like remotely dramatic and again until like uh that movie he did he did with uh one night two nights in new york whatever the fuck it's or two days in new york yeah like, he, he did doing dramatic I mean, stuff again for a long long time I and mean, it was just all comedy after this maybe because i mean what he does in this movie is unintentionally hilarious <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> All right, go ahead, give it to me. Come when he's about to die, what did you, you say? Scotty, I'm gonna die. <laughs> They're gonna kill me. <laughs> it's just hilarious, dude. Oh All this God. shit he's doing. It's supposed to be like these dramatic <laughs> moments of him, like, 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 like uh, getting clean or getting off the yeah. or being back on the. Oh, rock that was and, like, fucking and, ridiculous, and dude. It's all hilarious. It's, it's all straight hilarious. up very after school stuff. special. The teacher shows you the fucking video dare program. <laughs> Stay off drug montages. Like, yeah. come on. Did you, know you, did you know that you can get clean in the length of a montage? <laughs> yeah. That's what I learned. And that's also, what I learned. You can also idea. lurk outside the meetings all the time. You don't actually go in there, but you're also you're lurking all the time. Yeah. And what a great idea to take someone who's just gotten off crack and has no history whatsoever <laughs> as a informant or nothing. Just plug them right yes. into the system where they're just surrounded by crack all the time. What yeah. could go wrong? What could go At wrong? least other characters yeah. disagree with that decision. They do have the scene on the beach where Stone has a child for some reason and hey, dumbest I don't sting agree with operation. This. Worst stinger operation. Let's let's take a ex crackhead fresh out of detox wire him and put him yeah. in the enterprise where everyone's fucking naked maybe at some point they'll strip him and you're exposed like they're so ex <laughs> surprised when they find the wire fuck we're caught get in there that's what's more funny though is the way he's acting before he gets caught like because they're oh, trying yeah. to show you that he's high but right. the way he's acting is he wouldn't even act that way even if he was trying to pretend that he was high to try to get busted oh to God. show you that hey i'm not normal right now it was just stupid. It, it was, was you're right. It was funny. It was I mean, laugh out loud silly. Laugh, laugh out loud funny. I mean, I'm like laugh over and over again. I'm laughing at these moments in the movie. Not mo not just because of Chris Rock, but mostly because of Chris Rock. Where I'm laughing at this movie, I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be laughing right now, but this is hilarious. Yeah, but I actually <sighs> thought like there were some scenes where he's struggling to to not go back to the crack. There, there were more. I didn't think they were as funny to me. I, I was like, oh, this is tough because he, he's put in this situation which you could. It's stupid. You're like, why is he in this situation in the first place? But right, that's, wow. that's that's part of it. It's it's just so absurd, and it's Chris Rock. Like, if it was yeah. like almost any other actor, I just I mean, he does, just... dude. Chris Rock. I'm sorry, Travis, but Chris Rock. I think he does really good in his interactions with people, like his interactions with Nino, yeah. and and even some of the cops. But it's just these like. Tori Amos music video like scenes of like him like doing the drugs that are straight up laughable. Yeah. yeah or that's even fair. when he like gets shot and stuff. I'm just like, I mean, like everything he does is like funny. I'm like, oh man, like you are a comedian. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you just <laughs> couldn't so you just couldn't get past it no matter what, is basically what you're saying. Because he was it's just, comedian. I mean, I, he, who I, he is. I, he, he, I just don't think that he was particularly convincing in the role. I thought he had. I agree with Eric. I thought a lot of those exchanges and moments, and he's just doing his thing. It's very Manic. convincing, and yeah. yeah, it was. I, I, I guess I vacillate between both, so I, I see both sides of it clearly. Um, now Wesley Snipes, very convincing, fantastic. I mean, like you know, Wesley Snipes. 
dude. The man could have he could have done this in his sleep, and I mean, like he kind of he just comes in and does it perfectly, right? I mean, he's perfect as Nino. Apparently, they wrote it for him. Yeah, Doesn't yeah, they wrote me. it for him. I watched Coming to America <laughs> like yeah. when it came out last year. Yeah. Fucking terrible. But I'm laughing out loud at Wesley Snipes. And I said out loud, I'm like, God damn it, I miss Wesley Snipes. He's fucking fantastic. He's got so much charisma and he's charming. Uh, I miss him so much. Uh, and it's like roles like this, like the gravitas, the power. He sells it so well, dude. I, I like hey. him in the role. Um, I mean, it's straight up Nikki Barnes. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Um, but well, it's, it's also these guys. It's all these guys. It's like I said, the Chambers brothers. It's based on a true story. So yeah, he's he is in in a way every gangster or whoever rose and fall. He's Al Pacino. He's Scarface. He's all right. these things. I, I know, do think all- that some of the dialogue and some of the stuff that he's given to do is a little rough. I mean, like when he just kind of like. Goes to his, his fiance, or whatever. He's like, "Yeah, you can't have babies. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's like, a scumbag. I, yeah, I, I know, but it's like it's just done so. Like, what? Like now you're gonna suddenly just do this? I don't know. It just, it just, I don't know. It yeah, just... actually, at that point in the movie, I thought that Travis, the suddenly, like they they have this big New Year's Eve, and then that stupid exchange with the uh, mafioso guy who shows up and <laughs> oh, brings Jesus. in that clearly racist caricature with the noose on it. Like, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, That's it goes into this whole side episode with the women at the house that night. You're right. It was kind of weird. And, like, weird. It, took us, it took us out of the routine of the world they're in. And now it's like, oh, we got to remind you that there's this home life going on where it's not great. Like, we don't need this. Fuck. We, we got another movie going on here. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're supposed to see, like, this wedge being formed between him and mm. G Money with this girl. But, like, the girl is, like, so transparently throwing herself at Nino and yep. really isn't even hooked up seriously at all with G money. I mean, like they it seemed like they just met. So it's like, <laughs> right. like what yeah, it's not much of a transgression. It's a bogus here? rift. You're right. It's a weak rift that they try yeah. to establish here. That's supposed to be crucial to tearing this thing apart. You're right. right. Because they, I am my brother's keeper. The thing was a big, you know, big thing. And then going back to Wesley Snipes performance, I mean, uh, those look like real tears to me, man. Like I don't know why he put so much into it, but he tried to sell the shit out of it when he has to kill G Money. I don't know. It's I don't weird. Know why he put so much into it? Yeah, because like, <laughs> why did he bother with his role? Because <laughs> well, like, he's like so emotive and like he's selling it so well. And this is a movie though that is uh, black exploitation. We already we already mentioned that too. So it's you don't you take it seriously, but you don't. That's the problem with this movie here, or the uh, yeah. challenge for me, is yeah. taking things seriously. Like, they do, there's legitimate scenery and awful shit you see with drug use and crack babies and right. people are fucked oh, yeah. up. Right. And, like, yeah. like he, Barrio Van Peoples establishes that stuff. And in 1991, he shocks some people with some of the stuff you saw right. in this movie, and it's done well. But then mm-hmm. it's this other shit we talked about where it's the other side of the coin. What, what movie am I, is this two movies here, and maybe it yeah. shouldn't have been. Yeah, there, there's on one hand there's like this very serious subject matter, and that's in a lot of ways being dealt with actually pretty well, certainly by the standards of the time too, because not a lot of other, especially like major studios, were looking at this kind of stuff. But then you'd have like these like really kind of like ridiculous cop tropes, like cop movie tropes, like like Judd Nelson just firing off his gun in the middle of an apartment. That's all lethal weapon Straight loaded weapon one. Diffusing the bomb with two seconds to go. Like, oh, just, like all this shit. Dude. Just, like, oh, dude, come on. Oh, my I, God. It really hurt me. That, at that point in the movie, I was like, wow, shit is 
they're gonna lose Pookie. Pookie's dead. And then like this happened. That really <laughs> bummed me out, dude. That yeah. really bummed me out. Bummed I forgot out. Yeah. about it. Dude, Mike, you nailed it. I mean, there there was a tonal inconsistency for me because uh, you've got Mario Van Peebles, whose father was, uh, everyone knows, he's the granddaddy of black exploitation. him and uh, uh, Izzy Davis. Uh, but you had these uh, conflicting tones, okay? Like, with black exploitation, um, like, back in the 70s, yeah, it was... Uh, like condemned for uh, uh, plurif- p- proliferating like um, violence and stereotypes in the black community, uh, and for being fucking silly. Like not, not every fucking black guy is a pimp. Uh, but the thing is, like Warner Brothers had to like they tried to like seedily adopt this sort of thing, like adopt black culture and like put it in front of like white audiences in Minnesota. So you have like like solid old school black exploitation. Okay, and then you have like this like very melodramatic like cliched horseshit for lack of a better word, uh, and they're not blending. And you've got cartoony stuff, so it's trying to please one demographic while uh, like honoring this uh, other um, type of films. I, director's commentary, I think I'd be very interested in when it comes to this, just to see uh, oh, what yeah. they had their how they they had their hands in the kitchen. Yeah, I'm I'm also wondering how much they toyed with it on the fly. Like how much did they play with this script as they were filming it? Because it, to me it feels like like as you said, Mike, there's two movies, but um there's also like the whole thing with Pookie really needed to be in the first act, like twenty minutes. Like it, it should it, like instead it's like almost half the movie. And then you've got like the last act you get your is is uh Appleton, right? Is Ice T's character's gotta rush in there, ingratiate himself to Nino. Uh, replace G Money as the right hand man. Establish the fact that it turns out that this guy killed his mother and can't show yeah. it on his face when he sees her, when he finds out. Um, like and then and then betray. Like there's a lot of work that gets done that like really this should have been going like this. Exactly, all fucked up. Yeah, and that was the motivation to try to make you understand Nito Brown's <laughs> character a little bit more. It's like he was born in this. He was said yeah. he was twelve years old and he had to kill someone. Ends up being Appleton's wife, unfortunately. It, mother, it, you're right. His mother, yes. And that's the problem, Travis. You're right because Pookie right. is the impetus for the final forty minutes or thirty minutes. Pookie's dead now. The operation's over. We're fucked. Stone says it's dead. Right, but then John Nelson reveals that he was a drug addict after the funeral, and him and Ice T talk it out, and it's like, all right, we're gonna get this motherfucker, right? And it's like, okay, so now the loose cannon cops are doing the loose cannon thing, and <laughs> we're uh, gonna take turns it, shooting it, Bill Nunn and then smile at each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't forget, uh, so don't forget Bill Cobbs is in this too. So yeah. Bill Cobbs Dude, I, is, uh, the, yeah, fantastic. Go ahead, sorry, I'm excited though. No, uh, Bill Cobbs is the the older elder statesman who's being the voice of reason within the black community. Look what you're doing to your people. You're poisoning your people. He is the voice for people who are sick of this shit locally. Right. And yeah. uh, he ends up being the guy who you know, takes care of business. Uh, as the movie just wraps up with Ice-T kind of putting his sunglasses up and hitting the road. <laughs> you know you're doing well if you've got Bill Nunn and Bill Cobbs in your 1990s movie. But my <laughs> mind was blown, blown to learn that Bill Cobbs wasn't even 60 when he filmed this. This guy must have. We talk about Benjamin Button. This guy must have like looked <laughs> eighty when he was fucking fourteen. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, look, I'm looking at this movie. I'm like, how is he still playing an old man even in 1991? <laughs> yeah, he was right. born in 1934. 
like, oh my God, this dude is just like, I mean, he just played this old man. He's still around playing old men. Wow. All the time. Hey, he's an old man. Rock a bye, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, curious the, case uh, of Bill Cobbs. <laughs> curious case of Bill Cobbs. Uh, you also have some shitty actors in this movie. The guy who plays Kareem, that guy's fucking terrible. Yeah. Oh, like, Jesus. The, I don't know where the, I don't really know that Chris something Williams, uh, not a good actor. What Christopher no. Williams, terrible, really like a pretty face, clearly. And then he's supposed to, again a lot more coincidence bullshit too. He sees Ice oh T in the beginning God. shoot Pookie because he just happens to be in the crowd Four there. Four years later, he's gonna remember that shit. Four yeah, years he, later, but he couldn't. He couldn't place it right away. Mr. Washington ingratiates himself to Nino's inner circle. And he's like, he's like, oh, who is that guy? And then finally in the showdown scene at the big <laughs> drug deal, that's who he is. I, you know, this is shitty writing. It's poor writing. But yeah, and you no, know, one, no one even like second guesses. It's like, oh, you said he's a cop. Well, he's a cop. Like, oh, let it run. <laughs> Dude, and if, the, if there's one thing I've learned from countless hours of this Johnny Depp, Depp trial, it's oh that... Uh, Oh boy. Um, you don't you just, squeeze that Johnny Depp trial in here. You, you can't just remand someone hanging out in the audience of the courtroom because of an accusation made by your plaintiff and then have like <laughs> the trial, trial be over oh, and the dude sentence immediately. What is this? Yeah, it was. Uh, man, that's just like goofball city, dude. Yeah, let's Jesus arrest this guy Christ. all of a sudden in the middle. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's just poor writing. It's poor writing. So oh, you have a guy who's. It's a great first-time directorial effort, technically. The technical yeah. effort in this film is pretty much, right. I would say it's almost flawless. It's Because even the violence and shit is done really well, and some of the stunt work is good. It's good stuff. So it's just the writing suffers. And Barry Michael Cooper was a village voice. You know, he was a journalist. He was a reporter. So he co-wrote it with the other dude. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Well, I mean, I think the cast is a little fucked, though. I mean, like, I, I don't think, I mean, this is the first thing that Ice-T did other than the um, break-in and break-in 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, he had Ooh. appeared in those pictures, but like, I don't know that he was ready for this kind of role, frankly. Um, I don't think Chris Rock yep. was right for this role. I don't think that, I mean, I think that Bill Nunn, obviously he always kills it. Bill Cobbs also always kills it. Uh, Wesley Snipes, what can I say? But I mean, so it's not like there's zero luck here. And, and Mario Van Peebles himself, I think he did pretty good, but Judd Nelson was not good. And like, he wasn't right for this role at all. And what is it? Is, is there something particular? You just feel like he's... With Judd Nelson? Yeah, yeah. I He just, I mean, he's playing a tough guy. He's playing a tough cop. And, like, to me, Judd Nelson's never seemed like anything but, like, a squishy suburbanite. Like, he just... Yeah. I mean, even, like, even the, the, the famous, you know, um, Breakfast Club Bender. role, like, yeah, as Bender. Like, he's not, he's not tough to me. He's never been tough. He, really? He, I thought he was. No, no. To me, I mean, to me, he was. I mean, like it's like the whole. You know, he's 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 a dick, but because he's like yeah. abused <laughs> and he's like neglected, right. and and right. so it's all defense mechanism shit. But he's not actually a tough guy. He's actually really, really overly sensitive and really soft. So I never saw him as a yeah. tough guy at all in anything. And then this is just like ah, I can slap a beard and sunglasses on the guy, but it doesn't make him Don Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and you have an opportunity here to have uh, you know white cop infiltrate this operation and all of these proceedings uh, with a perspective. We get a decent scene when he's talking about how all of this just leads to death, but it's not enough for me. Um, no, you're right. I was willing well, what to about give... the constant, uh, is this a black thing? He's, that came up like five times. What yeah. the yeah. fuck? Did... Yeah. That does not, that looked bad. That looks yeah. terrible that now. It's like stupid. Not sitting well. Not sitting well at all. 
Yeah, there's. I mean, it is 91, so there's some, you know, some slurs and that kind of stuff thrown in there. Oh, yeah. Just peppered throughout. But, like, uh, there's not a real function to his character from what you can... I mean... It, I, and yeah, the co-writer developed the guy you couldn't remember the name of, and neither, neither can I. He, <laughs> he developed uh, 48 Hours, and this is the classic uh, black and white guy's uh, buddy comedy. Oh, so to have uh, really nothing to add to this dynamic not, in, not in terms wise. of this environment? Uh, no, uh, not, Thomas not Lee Bill Wright. Thomas, Thomas Lee Wright, Wright is yeah, the yeah. other guy. I don't know him, but I take your word for it. So, uh, Boy, yeah. I. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this movie here. I mean, we're we're already getting close to the point. I'm, oh, st- I'm still not sure how I feel about it. But T- talk about the cast. We forgot the uh, incredible talents of the guy that played. And I had to double check this. Frankie Needles. How about these fucking Italian mobsters? This is straight <laughs> yeah. out of like fucking like um, Johnny Dangerously or uh, Mickey Blue <laughs> <It> Eyes. <is. laughs> Yep, it is. It is that yeah. bad. I and would where agree. Where a lot of the racism really comes from, like they just get to come in and be like, "Hey, we're the racists, and we're the Italian mob." Which a like, message from the dawn. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me with this? Characters, yeah, they're characters. It's not. It's really bad. Yeah, like he's the dawn's messenger, and then like he comes back to the dawn, and like, "Hey, I got an itch to scratch. That scratch is gonna itch it, yeah, I, whatever that you know, all that gibberish." Yeah. It's just they, they just get mowed down done. by like a, a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> The Don himself and all the henchmen are out there sipping coffee like they're fucking Satriales, you know, having their morning coffee. Yeah, right. They all get murdered. All of them. Come so on. that's it. Yep. That's yep. No one can shoot the guy just laying backwards on a motorcycle. Oh, <laughs> Twelve of them or the ten or eleven of them can't. None of them can shoot. I kind of. I, I actually in the previous the retaliation before that where they shoot up at the wedding. Uh, first off, Wesley Snipes' yeah. outfit. Yeah. I want that outfit bad. I want to. I want to find that outfit. Sure you you want to get the off. full button off. You know, he looked like Michael Jackson when he used to wear like his yeah, smooth <laughs> his, like, army, his military get up or whatever. Oh, 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 yeah, like, yeah. wow, where'd they get some of the, and this, this is something we haven't even mentioned. So like new Jack, new Jack swing, the music, <laughs> the whole new Jack fashion, all of it comes out of this. And the chambers brothers were already establishing this whole what does it mean? brand. What is new Jack? I don't know. What the, you say it like I should know what it means. I have no idea what the fuck. I don't means. know what it means either, but so, I know yeah, what it is. Uh, it, it comes from an article oh, in the Village Voice. Uh, it's basically an. Uh, well, it's by the guy who wrote this, Barry Michael Cooper. Yeah, yeah right, journalistic right, term for for the community. Uh, it's like a after the after crack cocaine came into uh, the communities and the epidemic started, he just he, he just kind of coined this throwaway kind of arbitrary term. Like if, if we now have a new Jack city is, I don't know, new era. It's just a, thing. it's just a fusion of a bunch of, sh- of shit that created like this new up. It's like a fad, like a uh, grunge, same vague, thing, except guys. it had like, it Sounds is vague. Cause it's a fusion <laughs> of just a bunch of the same old shit. It's just the, it's music. It's R and B coming together with <laughs> a lot of colorful <laughs> baggy and the hats, right? The whole thing. You could, I could like lay it out for you if I drew it, but I couldn't, describe it other than what I based it on with like boys to men and all those new <laughs> groups that came about well, in the out. late eighties, early nineties. Draw a picture like with crayon. Yeah. Paint a picture. <laughs> Let's play dictionary and uh, you'll <laughs> guess new Jack yeah. swing. So, but uh, no, but that term came from the chambers brothers in Detroit. They, they really, right. they did all this shit, the way they dressed, the way they acted, the way they lived their lives. That's where it really comes from. So that's real. And that's just a side note. Cause it doesn't have anything to do with this movie. Man. 
This is not to be yeah. emulated. This is a criminal That's... society. <laughs> We've got the obligatory gangster handing out fucking turkeys uh, on Christmas. Come on with this. Hey, yeah, they did that dead presidents. Yeah, that's and American gangster. And, and, and shit, I was gonna say any Scorsese picture, pretty much, probably too. I mean, uh, it is a thing. Yeah, I mean, if you got some money, give back some turkey. They gave a whole turkey to Pookie. It was great. He got a whole turkey. He was very happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, like, those action sequences is what I wanted to say when I was mentioning Wesley Snipes' outfit. That whole murderous <laughs> showdown at the wedding. The, it was, child, you know, it was, I, the living shield thing. That yeah. Scene, that was rough. Yeah, that really pissed off Mr. Washington. Uh, and, yeah, it was not cool <laughs> to see. But I also thought, again, it was... I didn't think it was cheesy. I thought it was really... It was like, oh, shit, this sucks. And Keisha got killed. And I remember when I was a kid, I remember yeah. I was like, oh, man, Keisha died. And I really was bummed out about that. But it did have less of an effect on me this time, I have to admit. She's pretty so. undeveloped. <laughs> rock a bye, baby. That's, that's all I got from her. So, yeah. And then that, that, that line gets repeated later. Like, for Yeah, no when reason. they shoot him in the head. Yeah, they yeah. shoot a guy in the head. rock a bye, baby, voiceover. What? It's a voiceover. <laughs> she's not there. It's not, or she's ADR not that. It's just, right. yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, the ADR in this, you start to look at, and it's really bad with iced tea. I, oh, I yeah. don't have proof of this. Oh, oh you man. know, okay, you notice it too. Then oh, no, I'm not because crazy. he clearly was mumbling his way through this picture. And yeah. they had to you go need to in. come back, dude. <laughs> yeah, like they had to come in and punch in some dialogue here because... Uh, I mean, he, he looks worse. like he's just woke up through most of the movie. <laughs> he's very chill. I'm a surviving very the relaxed. game fan. Uh, I, th- I think it could be worse. And I, and I do like. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. like no, he the game? Nah, I didn't like it. <laughs> seen it a long time. Maybe someone should bring it back for the show, actually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you should. Oh, he has talent. He's a talented guy. There's no doubt about it. But as Travis said, it was his. This is a major Warner Brothers picture. It really is yeah. with big yeah. time, serious actors. And he's not yeah. at this time, even if he is now, because he didn't have the, uh, what is it, Law and Order SUV, where he, you know, he grinded, <laughs> got a lot of reps doing that. So it probably got better after that. But this is too fresh for him. Yeah. And he looks the part because he's a rapper and we know whom, we know him for who he is. You know, he's a pimp, he's a badass. And that's at least his image in real life. But as an actor, like, it, mm. he didn't affect. Other than, like, when he told Pookie, like, you owe, like, he gave Pookie a lot of shit. I thought he did that. That was pretty convincing. But there's a lot of it where it's, like, he's just looking the part, and he's not really no, being the casting. Part. Yeah, that's what it is. It was, I mean, it was they, they got access to him, like, oh, he'll, he'll do it. But, I mean, honestly, he, he should have been used probably, like, Bill Nunn's character. Sorry, Bill. Mm-hmm. Like, something like that. Something, right. like, somewhere. Or the Nunn Man? Or G Money's character, da, 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 like, da. you know, what I mean, he he was. I don't think he was ready to basically be the lead. I mean, he's yeah. the, he's the main protagonist. He um, is. Oh, it's a and, crucial part. Yeah. Right. How many and, audience members did this turn off? Potential <laughs> Minnesotans again that would have went in the theater if not for a fucking cop killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that this movie was made for Minnesotans, but Warner Brothers <laughs> wants to make movies for everybody, and uh, <laughs> it is a bit surprising that that they took that they did this movie and, it, and it's not the acting i mean even this fucking cop uh appleton like dude there's nothing like a, a cop firing a gun into a fucking playground full of kids for like a fourteen thousand dollar drug bust <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's how it goes what is this they start yeah, and, and then like judd nelson and ice t start straight up planning nino's murder like they're like oh we're gonna kill him like oh okay yeah. these are our heroes <laughs> what's up well, in that shootout I'm not a, yeah. yeah i'm not a t turns a gun on him in the shootout he's like oh uh, no okay i can't shoot him in front of everybody because that'd be too obvious so right like why are you right. doing that are you Look, sold? Bill Cobb's ruin his life 
That's right. <laughs> well, he's old. He, Bill Cobbs is 80, right? So it's fine. His life is almost over. <laughs> the, 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 the movie, um, it does ask a lot with this final like speech by Nino and this whole like... Nino? El Nino? El Nino? El, El Nino? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, at one point during that speech, he, he says that the Colombian drug lords don't want drugs to be legal or some shit. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> What do, you, what, do you want, what do you want about Nino? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, this whole you know, regulation the, of drugs and the and the complicity, like this, it, the, it, it tries to be this message movie. You want to talk about tone, Mike? That's the thing because we have black exploitation, which is just have fun in a grindhouse, and you have a serious crime drama, and then you have a message movie, and it is trying to blend all three of these, yeah. and not, they're not really landing, especially in this last scene. For Christ's sakes. Yeah, the Reagan 80s, man. There's a big, This is. it says the city, 1986. So it's right in the heart of the middle of the Reagan administration. And, and the, and crack the, is exploding. And, and the points that message, he makes, yeah. like, you, let's say they may re, re, they remake the film, okay? Um, I imagine Nino would be sitting in the chair and instead of saying, you know, hey, what the fuck? I, I, I'm benefiting off something that's coming in here. What he's really doing is... And like this guy's an asshole, but he's setting up injection sites, and that's something that we see uh, even here in 2022, where people can go into a spot where they can safely do their drugs. Uh, oh, the uh, Enterprise, granted. yeah, remember? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's where they all blast off. Yeah, yeah. More Star Trek references in this movie that, that I would have guessed going in. Yeah, you really would have been surprised, wouldn't you? <laughs> I was, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. So, but yeah. You're right. There's, yeah. I, anything else? Anybody else? Um, Any other notes? Bill Cobbs. We covered that. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think. Oh, here. Line of the movie. Damn. Crack. That's <laughs> oh, it. Oh yeah. Nino oh, yeah. says that. He's like looks at the crack in a little vial. He goes, "Damn. Crack." Yeah. That's it. That's and then we had that nice dis- long dissolve. <laughs> I always like a nice long dissolve. Um, yeah. you're talking about. Like the old man, okay? Uh, I love the acting performance from Bill Cobbs. Curious case of Bill Cobbs. And I, I do like the message. And you don't get a lot of movies that um, kind of attempt to talk about the, the the role of kids in in these urban environments where they really have no opportunity, they have no one to look up to. And uh, it's easy for me to look at movies like Scarface and be like, fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit. I'm not going to put his poster on my wall. And Nino and be like, fuck this guy. He's a fucking asshole. But these kids in these environments with no opportunities and no role models, I can see why they want to be like him. Um, what they do here is is not bad. But I could have used a little more, especially with that stinger at the end that just seems thrown on. I mean, what is yeah. this movie trying to say in terms of the, the drama and not just the little fucking tag at the end? Well, they have a great exchange there between Bill Cobbs and Nino when they're in. He's got the money sitting with the Reverend and the kids are in there and Bill Cobbs, everybody get out of here, you kids. You know, he's all yeah. pissed. Calls him an, they actually an have idolater. A, yeah, but what Nino says back to him I actually think is a fair argument. Hey, mm. old man, what the fuck are you holding on to? Like, what do I got? He he makes this explanation about I ain't got shit. There's and there's no one gives a fuck about you. Your government's abandoning you. He, the whole the whole way he lays it out. I I think it's actually 
You know how hard it is to make a villain a good villain, like you know, like Thanos. Thanos got a lot of respect because yeah. you could you could understand what he was trying to do in a way. He wasn't just some, it wasn't just manic, like oh, let's kill her, you know, let's be the bad guy. There's a purpose yeah. and there's a reason why someone is perceived as the good or the bad yeah. guy. And in that moment, there, if they could have fleshed that out more and maybe exactly went through that route of the challenges here that led to what became of Nino Brown and what the old man sees, there's a great great discourse there that i would be interested in i really i think, it's, I think it's another moment that they rushed through when they spent all this time with on chris rock's character i mean like it's oh a, a, yeah another, another you know, incident you, of how that you're starting I mean, to like, sell me on it the, the whole like that to me is the nightmare of this movie is bill cobb's character like i think a lot i mean i know i just keep on railing on about him but i mean i just that to me is the most fascinating thing is imagine being like just a normal person stuck in that situation. Like, like it'd be hard to see Nino as a, a sympathetic villain. Then if this man's holding you basically hostage because you are, you can't afford to move, but your how your home has been turned into a crack like hotel, uh, you know, so it, a lot more time could have been spent on that, especially since he ends up being the one that oh, actually man. puts the bullet in Nino at the end. So to make mm -hmm. that character, more sympathetic instead of kind of a ranting old man would have been good. Yeah. yeah. And a, a, a kind of element to, to um, have Appleton be secure in his position within this organization. It's that's what it seems thrown in. And like at the end of the day, like in this movie, it, even if it's trying to be this message movie, like the consequences, like, like who are the victims in this movie that we see that are ha supposed to have such an impact on us? Pookie? I mean, like, I don't think Pookie's a bad character. The, the, there's a lot to be said there. And Chris Rocks has has, has given a lot of interviews where former addicts and addicts do get a lot from his performance. But we've got a character that is a, a junkie that goes clean and then relapses. So the arc of a character affected by this environment it, it isn't such that we have a, a, you know, a pure person that's that's completely destroyed by this environment. It's, it's sort of a zigzag. So I could have used a little more in, in terms of some effect on this. You think if he's walking down the street, people still yell, hey, Pookie, at him? They give him crack. That's what he said. They give him <laughs> oh crack God. because they thought it was a fucking documentary, and they're like, here you go, Pookie, we got you. And he's like, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm doing just fine. Yeah, he said he barely ever smoked weed, so <laughs> it's like twice. <laughs> Well, sounds like a guy who's successful as he is. He probably didn't have time to do a lot of drugs. So good for you, Chris Rock. Go for it. Yeah. All but right, at the same go. time, I had some great times on drugs in the past. I'm not Chris Rock. Would I trade it all in? Would I trade it all that drug use to be Chris Rock? Probably. Well, you're going to get okay. smacked on live television and everyone going to talk is. about you. That'd be fine. That'd be fine as long as I had the money. I could go anywhere I wanted. I could That's take a true. private plane anywhere and like kind of think about it for a while. Yeah, he's doing uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. Fine. All right, yeah, so let's, uh, let's get to it. New Jack City. Does it hold up or not? Anybody desiring to go first i haven't gone first in a while uh, i was entertained <gasps> man and this is uh 31 years later even with the cliches and the melodrama and like this surface level very conspicuous drama i had fun there's a lot of fun lines in here uh and i i give credit to not only the filmmaker and the storytellers but uh, also, Warner Brothers for taking a chance on something like this. Um, I do have an issue with the fact that we have to, all, especially back in these days, man, we always had to yeah. black culture in the guise of these types of films, man. And I, and that that 
fucking bothers me. Okay, we have to see this type of thing as entertainment, something to fucking buy popcorn and juju bees and watch. Um, I wish the message was a little stronger. I think it's a cop out to put the stinger at the end, but I got great performances, great cinematography, cool direction, and um, a great performance by Wesley Snipes. So I was, I, I was entertained. I, I I liked it. Uh, so it gets the pass for me. I think it holds up. Wow. How about that? Okay. All right. You want to go? You want me to go? Well, you go. All right. See what you say. As I said, I've seen it, but it's been a really long time. I think that the movie has some really strong aspects to it. I think it's a a fantastic first feature film, for starters. Um, Really strong work from Mario Van Peebles here. Dutch angles notwithstanding. I do think that this is a great, fairly early showcase for Wesley Snipes' talents, and I think it probably had a lot to do with... I mean, he was taken off anyways, but this certainly didn't hurt. Uh, I know that this movie has uh, has had a big cultural impact and has been important to a lot of people. Uh, this holds the distinction of being the first movie I've watched for the podcast where I shut it off about halfway through and went and took a nap, um, did some other stuff, came back to it later, finished it up. It kind of felt like work. Um, I think that there's just, I mean, for being the kind of, I mean, sort of silly at times movie that it can be because it's a little bit hokey, but it is doing some serious stuff too, but it's so it's really self-serious, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like it's extremely self-serious. It takes itself pretty seriously, even at times when it probably shouldn't. And I just found it to get, I mean, like as more and more absurd things happened, particularly like I've, I kind of mentioned some of them, like, like the throwing out the ex-girlfriend and being like, just out of suddenly being like, you can't have kids. You're out of here. And just, I'm going to take this next closest person who, you know, we just had this conversation earlier, me and G money, how no one's going to come between us. There was, it was just, it was just too silly to be as serious as it was. And I just, I just wasn't into it. Maybe if I had the, the nostalgia factor stronger, uh, I would feel better about it. But for me, if I have to put it into that binary, does it or does it not hold up? I'm going to say it does not hold up. Binary. Yeah, how about that? Uh, I liked this movie when I was a kid. I watched it a lot. And, uh, you know, it burned into my brain. So it becomes a part of you, just like a lot of other movies that have the nostalgia factor. So uh, it certainly... I find it to be more poignant now in certain moments. We've already discussed that. It's the tonal divide of New Jack Mm. City. And, uh, you know, with a first-time director, who knows how difficult it might have been. I know the budget got real thin. And, like, when Ice-T has to chase Pookie at the beginning, that was supposed to be, a, like, a bigger chase, but it ends up being, mm-hmm. hey, we got nothing left, so you're just going to run on foot, and that's what we'll do with it. So, Like, don't forget to do some, like, Crew Jones-esque BMX moves while you're in a high-pursuit chase on that planet. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Fly over a train track and be fine as a train's coming. Uh, anyways, but, yeah, that's action movies. So who gives a fuck yeah, about yeah. that? That's not my point. Well, point being is that it is entertaining. I, I still was, like, I guess I was, like, riveted. I, I almost hesitated to say that word just now, but I really was locked into it. And I was like, oh, it's over. Even though it's got a bunch of dumb shit going on with it. it to me, it's going to hold <laughs> up because it is entertaining and it was trying to serve a purpose, and it is a cultural touchstone, for better or for worse. So I'm, I'm always going to enjoy the movie, I think, 
despite learning and having some new changes about the film. And Travis's points about Chris Rock withstanding, I, I just saw it. I didn't see it as that with his performance. To me, I was young and I was innocent. I was like, wow, this is serious. And I didn't. <laughs> so that's how I first knew him was through this movie. You know, I'd, Nat X and this. And I was like, oh, this guy's Nat multi-talented. And, um, so, yeah, it holds up. All right. It's a you know, silly, little, fun little film. That is self-serious. All right, there it is. New Jack City. <laughs> Does it hold up or not? A two to one. A fa- is our first split vote in a while, so it's good to get a split vote. I'm happy that we had something like that. Uh, but it's time to go back to the top, to where it all began. Travis Roy, you are now in control of the board. Uh, Just kidding. We, ha- we have a guest. Oh, we got a guest. That's right. <laughs> hi, 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 hi. Yeah, yeah, we have a yeah. guest. Uh, next episode, we will have our guest host will be the comedian AJ DeCosimo. You might know him from the Bill Squire show. Um, he is coming on board. We're excited to have him. He has selected a movie. We're going to talk about another Giovanni Ribisi picture. We're fun? talking The wow. Other Sister. You're joking, yeah. right? I'm dead serious. He has chosen The Other Sister. And that's the movie we'll be doing next week. So yeah. join us next Thursday with AJ DeCosimo as we discuss the other sister. Or Giovanni <laughs> Rabisi. All right. It's a Giovanni Rabisi month here at the Cinema 9 Podcast. Right. All right. Well, we'll do it. And we'll do it right. Until then, I'm Michael Govier, Travis Roy, and Sarah Bradstrom. This is the Cinema 9 Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll talk to you later. Rock a bye. Baby. Now.